Hi, I'm James McGuire, and on today's eSpeaks, we're talking about a new survey that details how companies view generative AI, including issues like privacy and security risks and training issues. To discuss that, I'm joined by Neil Cohen, head of go-to-market strategy at Portal 26. Neil, hello to you, and welcome aboard today. Thanks, James. It's a delight to be here. I've been a fan of eWeek for a long time. Fantastic. Uh, we always love to hear it. So I know I've got some insightful questions. Before we get uh, get to my very insightful questions, it'd be good to know what exactly does Portal 26 do? I know that plenty of people know the company, but for those who don't know it as much, what, what, what does the company do? Well, the company actually just pivoted from being known as Titanium. So it's now Portal26.ai. Uh, uh, but they had this wonderful uh, uh, security product um, uh, for encryption. Um, of search and things along like that. It was a very important product, but they saw the change that was going on with generative AI in the marketplace and saw that they can better apply those security protocols as well as some other features and functions that were going to be really needed. And so when you look at Portal 26, you know, you have to take a step back and think every generative AI program is a nascent program. And like anything that's net new, you know, even if it's just within a year, you need to build it on a solid foundation. And what is a solid foundation for those kind of things? You need visibility and observability. You need to know what's going on. You need to monitor, track. You need data and analytics, just like in cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. uh, you need uh, uh, governance, like you need guardrails and rules and regs, and you have to have people to accept them and know those regs and be able to push that. You need to have security. It's a, and we'll talk a little bit about more of this later because it's you're not only taking data out and putting it out and then taking it back and putting it back in, but you're creating new intellectual property on the fly. How do you secure that that transfer of data back and forth? And then, and then you also have education, which is important. And so, Portal Twenty Six is the foundation that pulls all those things together. Okay, well, that's actually a, a pretty big list of things to pull together, actually. Uh, all right, so you, there's there's a survey, the 2023 State of Generative AI, AI Survey, sponsored by Portal 26. And I think the interesting thing about this, it must be either one of the first, or perhaps even the, the first, uh, gen, you know, full generative AI survey, one of the first. Yeah. Um, let's talk through some of the data points. I, there's a, some key points that we could talk about them specifically. First, is there an overall couple of key takeaways? You know, just from reading the whole thing, what what matters the most from this survey, as you as you see it? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a few things that I think, you know, maybe they validate what a lot of people are thinking, but I think there were a couple of surprises. Uh, I, I think, you know, when people talk about generative AI, they talk about the hopes and fears. So that yin and yang is very prevalent in the in the data, you know, where you have 80 percent plus people going, this is going to be transformative technology. You know, we mm -hmm. kind of liken it to the change from when you, we went from to desktops in the workplace, you know, mm -hmm. productivity shifted dramatically for workers. And I think you're going to see the same thing happen when people take on a generative AI, but that created new problems uh, for businesses in the enterprise around data security, information, uh, those types of things. So you have, again, 80 plus percent of the companies going like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing. And then you have the same number of people saying like, holy crap, you know, data security, other issues that are on the downside. And so how do you balance those things? And and I think the, the next biggest stat out of all of it was that when we looked across all industries, 12 different industries, 73% of them in the last year or so 
had a misuse incident uh, with generative AI. So those are the ones that are admitting it, right? right. When you look at some verticals, like the legal profession of the people that we query, 100% mm-hmm. of them had a problem. Oh, and, and, they, and actually, that was a survey response was 100%. So really, basically, every single company, everyone admitted they had a, a problem with it. Everybody in the legal profession said 100% we had a problem. 73% in total of all the 12 different verticals said we had a problem. Right. So, Really, it's 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 again going back to when we were talking about what's Portal Twenty Six. It's nascent, and and you know you're watching people learn how to use and adopt and adapt this incredible technology in real time, and mistakes are made. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think, and again, your listeners probably know this, and but I'll I'll try to say it in a way that's not condescending. You know that box. You know, people look at it and it looks like a search box, you know, and we're used to kind of that form factor when you're in a chat GPT or something other that prompt box looks like a like a search box. Sure. So if you treat it like search, um, you're going to get a different kind of response than if you treat it like a prompt, Um, because you're trying to tease out the right information and you're not trying to, you know, search is 100 percent about intent. Um, Right. Right. Generative AI is about creation. It's hmm. a different kind of thing. So what you're going to ask it, how are you going to talk to it, what you're going to try to tease out or have it help you do is very different. And so that's that's a big part of the challenge of people trying to adapt to this new technology. Well, it's an interesting point in that I'm sure a lot of people do look at that and, and think of it. This is sort of like a search box. And I've entered terms to Google a million times before, so I know how to do this. And of course, actually creating a search term and creating a prompt that does you know, prompt the system to really create something is a very different task. As a matter of fact, it's a it's a far more difficult task. There's even a thing called prompt engineering, which is a career for certain people, which I find that really interesting. Well, it's, uh, it's brand new, right? Like it, it, never it, it is. I mean, I want, when I grew up, I want to be a prompt engineer. It sounds like a great job, really. Well, um, well, I don't know. I don't know where you were in 1981 or 82 or 83, but there were no IT people. We were like all we were all accidental IT people. It's like the person who was able to figure out how to put the floppy disk in and out became the, <laughs> IT, the audience. It's not like that anymore. So, <laughs> right, right. Probably fortunately, um, you know, there's, there's a couple of points from the survey, which I think are fascinating. One is um, the majority of respondents, 84 percent have or are planning to invest in gen ai and i have to wonder about the other 16 percent. you're not going to invest in that but okay Uh, and of those respondents 85 percent are concerned about the privacy and security risks and i guess i would have a question for the other 15 percent you're really not concerned about the privacy and security risks um i don't know thoughts on that well you know it's interesting because there was kind of like a bifurcation on those numbers you know the smaller the organizations the less intimidated they were which is interesting when you got 5000 and below the numbers kind of dragged down the averages when you got to 5000 and above as far as company size yep. uh, 100% were top two boxes uh for 10000 and above and it was like 95% were concerned about data and security risks and that 5000 and above so I don't know what it is about the smaller organizations or the entrepreneurs. Maybe they feel like they got their arms around it, um, whatever. Uh, you know, similar with cybersecurity, your biggest problems walk in and out of the door every day. It's your people. So I guess the large organizations are more circumspect about what that's going to mean uh, when right. it comes to something like this. 
you know, and there are other things too, like, you know, when you look at some of those numbers, especially with things like shadow AI, just like shadow IT, who's buying IT in the organization with their credit card to make their job easier. That's going around the, right. the CTO and the CISO and using company data big. I'm a marketing guy, right? Like marketing people, the worst shadow IT people. <laughs> You've got a right. lot of that going on with shadow AI, where you have people going like, well, I don't care if my company banned it. I'm going to go home. I'm going to pull that data. I'm going to go home on my personal laptop. I'm going to feed that in. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to come back. I'm going to put it back in the system. Hmm. Right. You know, so you've got a lot of people who are, you know, working with the productivity. Many people still don't understand, although more and more are that the public models, when you feed data into them, um, it becomes public. And right. Remember, you can tease information out of AI, right? It's like a little kid. It's like, you know, like, oh, you've got a secret. Well, if I ask it the right questions, I'm going to get the answers. Right. And there's already been data breaches. Samsung had a huge one uh, where people were feeding in sensitive information into a public model and it became that information came public. So if you're a company with a lot of intellectual property that, you know, like, you know, patents that have secrets that aren't wide open uh, to the world. Um, or you're doing code, or you have social security numbers, uh, uh, e email addresses, phone numbers, all that type of stuff, and people are processing that, that's a big concern for organizations. And you see in the larger organizations, they have a high level of fear against that, less in the smaller organizations, but still, you know, over 60% concern. Hmm, that makes sense. Well, we've talked about this next point, but I think it's worth touching on. Um, from the survey, companies are concerned for, for good reason. Two thirds of companies using Gen AI tools have experienced a related security or misuse incident in the last year. And we know there's a, there's a lot of reasons for that. Do you think it's still fairly minor though? I mean, it's, it's still like, oh, we, we, we put in this. I mean, it's how, how big a problem do you think that really is? Well, you know, you're right. Not every problem you know, is the biggest problem. You know, I have a saying like, don't just do something, stand there. Let's see. What, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Let's, let's see what it is first before we freak out. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, well, but I think, um, again, when you look at the data, that's what people admitted. Um, and, right. and, you know, maybe they were able to contain the damage or stop it before it happened or contact people or didn't have to report it because they weren't a public company or weren't under the right guidelines and regulations where they had to let people know. So how bad is it? You know, my guess is you know, some of it's um, not as bad as we think it is. And then some of it's not as good as we think it is. Right. 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 You know, it's it. Uh, but it still shows that people are trying to learn how to use this, which gets to one of the things you said early in your intro about education, uh, where, and again, if you get back to this idea that when we put PCs on everybody's desk, everybody had to learn how to use them. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and if you didn't, you got left behind. And I know people who got left behind. I have peers yeah, who got left behind. I do too, uh, right. right. I'm gonna stick with my IBM Selectric. I'm not a word processor. I don't need that thing, you know, screw email, all of yeah. that. Right. Right. Um, right. You know, so so education is going to be a big component. And when you look at the survey, there's a swath of, of people like of the companies that we interviewed, they're giving less than five hours of training to their employees. Yes. 58 percent, I see, said they're providing less than five hours of annual gener generative AI education and training right. their employees. In other words, 
And the question becomes, well, I don't think the average staff member should be expected to really understand these platforms and all the ramifications. So if the company isn't training them, you know, what would you expect? Yeah, well, you know, again, it depends on what your posture is. You know, if you see this as the next transformative stage in productivity in the organization and uh, that this is going to, you know, like by some means, like McKinsey, you know, has a report out 40 percent possibly better. Uh, um, you know, that you've got reports and estimates out that this could add trillions of dollars to the economy in a very short period of time by taking mm -hmm. people off the menial tasks and focusing on things that could be more productive or more innovative for the organization. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, you know, then how are you going to train people so that they do become in some way prompt engineers for their vertical? You know, if I'm running a marketing organization, um, uh, and I want to optimize, let's say, my marketing automation or my account-based marketing, you know, I don't have to have five people working over a three-week time period to do kind of if-then email scenarios and what's the best thing. I, the artificial intelligence can do all of that. It can and it will. Now, what do I do with my marketing people? Well, there's a lot of other high-value things that they can do uh, in understanding trends, um, you know, developing branded editorial that's more impactful, uh, better events, uh, putting time into other things and experiential things that kind of deliver a horror return on a, a, a really high return on investment and value on their time mm -hmm. than, you know, rearranging the email trees uh, right. for a 0.1 optimization. So I, I don't have to have my team do that. And I don't want my team to do that. But that's the same thing in finance. That's the same thing in legal. That's the same thing, you know, across the board in sales. You know, how am I going to pick the best prospects to go after? Well, artificial intelligence has been proven to be able to help you with that kind of stuff. I need to know and understand how to do that if I want to be the top salesperson or deliver quota. Or if right. I'm the sales leader of that organization, these are things that I want my people to know. And the folks that don't do it are going to get left behind. All right, so here's, I think, an interesting point from the survey. Nearly all respondents, 99%, indicated they, they have or are going to invest in a generative AI data governance tool. Yes. Uh, it's almost like a tech question. I mean, the idea of a generative AI data governance tool, that tool's got to be so new, and yet it's in charge of something really sensitive like data governance. Hmm, I just am kind of wondering about that. Well, you know, it's a it's a good thing to wonder about. You know, it's you know, not to make a shameless plug, it's why Portal Twenty Six kind of jumped on it because they saw that you're going to need these rules and guidelines. But if if you go back um, and and see what people are doing now, and I know this because I've talked to a number of CISOs and I've talked to a lot of leaders of different departments like marketing and sales and that type of thing, they got an email you know, from, you know, the CISO or the chief risk officer of the organization, here's our rules and regulations. Don't violate these. Right, right. <laughs> you, know, you know, there's no acceptance. There's no sign off. Um, there's no monitoring or measurement if people are staying within those guidelines. So governance right now is super loosey-goosey, right? So what I would say is that there's a number of companies out there that have governance tools that they're trying to put into place, you know, similar to this. I think this is a foundational thing. I think a lot of other people that we've heard from CISOs believe that it's a foundational thing. Better than an email and, you know, kind of nodding your head and hoping and wishing uh, than, and then having something where people are forced to read a policy and accept it. Uh, even better yet, 
if you can have visibility and monitoring or some type of sensitivity that when you put something in into the tool, into the prompt that isn't within guidelines, that maybe you get flagged and says like, that looks a lot like a social security number. Are you sure you want to put that in there? Right. You know, okay. You know, like not so much that we want to put Clippy on everybody again, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I think that there's an educational component to governance that also has to accompany uh, uh, what you're doing because you don't just want to slap people on the wrist or say, don't do this, don't do that. You want to encourage good behaviors. You know, like, you know, you want to point them in the right direction. Hey, we saw you using chat GPT, you know, today that's not a sanctioned tool, but this one is, you know, right. Uh, Whatever yeah. it might be. Well, I mean, that's all from the survey. I, I think, you know, as we face generative AI or, or, or leverage generative AI, I think one of the biggest questions that I'm wondering is, it, it remains reasonably unpredictable, you know, what it what it's going to do for us, how it's going to evolve. It's going to evolve, I think, sort of in a hockey stick upward move to the right. And so it's going to move, evolve because really, I think, you know, chat GPT 11 is probably going to be able to write chat GPT 12, et cetera. So it's, you know, and so where, where does all that go? It's a quantum leap. So I think even the executives, they might not fully understand the technology. We don't know exactly where it's going to go. Uh, I'm not sure what my question is. I just think it's interesting. As we face this, it's a powerful technology, but it's not a predictable technology. Mm, oh, any thoughts uh, on that? You know, well, that's that's you know that goes back to the hopes and fears. You know, uh, um, right. uh, you know what is this thing going to be? Is it going to become a tool? Because that's really what it is. All it is is a tool. It's a powerful tool, but it's a tool. Um, and so, or is it going to be our overlord? Right? You know, right. Be, I mean, maybe it'll be more than a tool. And that, well, I guess for some people, really will lose their jobs to it. So I guess right. for them, it's it's actually it becomes actually a worker. I guess a worker at some level is a tool to large in a larger sense of the word. Um, but jobs but just, will change, just like it did. You know, uh, you know, James, just like it did with PCs. Jobs change. You know, every they said the same thing when you know the desktop came. Oh, people are going to lose their jobs, but it created new jobs, uh, and uh, and continues to create new jobs. And I think this will create new jobs. Um, you know, you just mentioned earlier prompt engineer, and that that's one area of how to do that. But right. you no know, uses, you know, strategic uses for AI, applied applica you know, applied AI. Um, like, how are you going to apply it? What are the right uses? Um, how do you manage it with an organization? Uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lots of things that are going to come out that we don't even know what the new jobs are yet. Prompt engineer didn't exist a couple of, you know, two or three years ago. It does mm -hmm. now. What else new is going to exist? I think another thing to answer your question is we never know if you look historically what the eventual outcome of these breakthrough or transformative moments are. Right. You could look at, you know, any given moment, you could look at the car, uh, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the internal combustion engine in the car and, and the right. miracle, you know, the miracle it was supposed to create for us. And yet look at the problems it's created for us as well. And sure. you can say who could have predicted, you know, maybe you could have predicted, but I don't think people predicted, you know, you know, what it's done for us from an infrastructure perspective, from a global warming or climate change perspective, you right. know, how fossil fuels drives a lot of uh, geopolitics, you know, that's all from that one invention. Those are all the unintended uh, consequences or outcomes when you play things out down the road. Yet, when you look at everything else about it, it's also created some amazing things for everybody in, in this world. And so sure. you look at generative AI that's some, uh, that same way, 
you know, you have to go into it with open arms uh, and eyes. You know, yes, let's embrace it, but let's also beware. I think that's why when Sam Altman um, uh, it, it was in front of Congress talking about let's get the guardrails, let's get the guidelines, let's get the guardrails up by government now before this thing does get out of hand. So, yeah, although I mean, this is a big topic, of course. I think the the snafu with uh, with Sam Altman this week kind of showed uh -huh. that it's like part part of that was between the, the forces that want to accelerate AI and other forces that wanted to slow it down and put the guardrails on. It seemed like at, at the end of the day, the, the forces that want to accelerate it won out this week, but that's maybe that's off topic. I don't know. Well, well, it's not because if you look at any CEO or any board right now, and, and this is like, what are the drivers for adoption? You know, I, I have already heard about this. I haven't heard it firsthand, but I don't think it's long for the world when uh, when you have quarterly earnings reports and you have institutional investors, you know, pressing the C-suite, what's your generative AI strategy? And, and what, what, what is and not long for this that. world? What? What, what do you mean? When, when you say it's not long for this world, what, what is no, the subject? I mean, it's about? not long until it happens, right? It, it's going to happen quicker. Oh, yes. Exactly right. No, oh, no doubt. I mean, yes, yeah, they right. will. They, what, what is your generative AI strategy? That question will be urgent and compelling. And, and, and why? Because, it, it, you know, Increased productivity is increased revenue, is increased innovation, is increased profitability. And, you know, whether people like it or not, when they hear this, we're a capitalistic driven organization. And, you know, a lot of people said with Altman, not to make political commentary, well, it chased the money. Well, we don't know what went on and we don't know all the people right. politics and, right. you know, uh, uh, and so let's not muse about that. What we can say, though, is that there is a, a large number of people uh, that are driving this, that are looking at it for increased profits, increased oh, revenue, sure. yes. increased pro productivity. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's the driver uh, because there's a belief. And when you look at other hype cycles of the last recent years, like metaverse, um, blockchain, uh, yeah. uh, uh, crypto, those things will be around and they're fine and good and they have their incredibly good uses. But nothing matches the reality of the hype cycle like generative AI is right now. It's true. I think mean, it's, it's very true. Um, and on that note, that definitive note, Neil, I think we've, we've said it. A lot of good stuff. I've learned a, a ton from talking to you. Thank you. Oh, this um, was such a fun conversation, James. Thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. P please come back and talk with us again sometime. Would love that. Thank you.